0: Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Friends and Freckles. Today, I'm going to be interviewing retired LAPD police captain, Sharon. Welcome, Sharon.
1: Well, thank you, Hi. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Me too. I'm so excited for today's episode. Okay. So let's just start from the way beginning. At what age did you realize you wanted to have this job of a police officer?
1: Well, at what age? I was probably 26 and was going to college studying broadcasting, not police work. And the LAPD was hiring, and I thought, wow, this could be a really interesting job. So I applied.
0: And once you apply from there, what happens next?
1: It takes a little while to get on. They have to do all the tests, psychological and physical, and you have to do a written test and an oral test. So there's a lot of processes to go through. So it took about three months for me to get hired. And I was so nervous and so excited and ready to go when I finally got hired. And um, then you start the academy.
0: So how is the training like? It's
1: very hard. <laughs> it's very hard. There were about uh, 60 of us in the class, um, probably mostly men back then. And uh, it's, it's a lot. You wrestle and you learn how to do police work and you learn how to drive the car and you learn how to shoot a gun. And I didn't know anything. So from day one, you really, you study every night, you come home, you go back the next day. is very difficult.
0: Were there a lot of women also training with
1: you? At that time, um, we had about 20 started the class, and then only about half of them made it.
0: Are you allowed to try again? Yes.
1: Or- uh-huh. And some of them did, and some got injured, and some decided it wasn't for them. Hmm. But it is, it's tough, six months.
0: Six months is a long time. And then once you get the job, what, what do you go from there?
1: From there, you go to patrol. So a lot of people think, oh, I want to go inside, or I want to fly a helicopter, or I want to have a dog. <laughs> uh, you go right to the street, and you get a partner that trains you, and it's exciting. I mean, every day is different. And I had two brothers that were on the police department as well. I have a twin brother. Did you ever work with them? I didn't, and they don't allow that. It's just too... Oh, they um, don't
0: allow working with any relatives or... No.
1: Oh. No, or relationships. If you're in a marriage or a relationship, they don't allow that either. But um, my brothers worked in other parts of the city. So it was kind of exciting, all three of us being on.
0: That is cool.
1: Yeah, it was really fun.
0: So you started working on the streets with a partner and you... You were in the same cop car as him and you would just drive around the streets. You Did you have any missions that you needed to do each day? How would
1: that? Yes. You know, what you do is you go out and he's my training officer and I had different training officers and um, you rely on them to teach you and train you and make sure you're learning what you're doing. And um, and what you do is you start up by answering radio calls. So you have radio calls and then you learn to look at traffic violations, like when you want to stop people, if people are speeding. You, so you have all this going on, the car radios going on and you're looking and then your partner, your training officer will say, uh, hey, you know, what was that color of that car and that license plate? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're, it's so hard. And I had trouble with the, remembering the streets and where I was going. And that's really important. Oh, I'm so bad at that too. <laughs> I am. And I didn't know the area. So I'm, he would tell me, so how do we get back to the station? I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea how to get back to the station. <laughs> so he goes, I'm just going to let you drive until you you figure it out. So I figured it out. But that's not very good. And then they rate you. And you're on probation. It's called probation for one year. So you have to do a whole probation one year, you're, you're in with training officers, and then you can go on your own.
0: And do you remember giving your first ticket?
1: <laughs> I do. Uh, it was a celebrity. You may <laughs> not know him. Uh, his name is Nick. And uh, it was on Melrose. It was one of my first tickets, but it was a big, big one for me because he tried to talk himself out of it because he's a big star. I said no. You were making that left turn and I I have to write you.
0: And what like what did he do? He, was he upset? Like he, I would be so nervous if it was like a celebrity and
1: Yeah, I know. And but I was on probation. So I had to. Have, they you they ha- they yeah. look at you like are you you're going to let this guy go? Why are you going to let him go? You know, they teach you you can't let your mother go. You can't. you had to arrest your father, would you? It's like <laughs> okay, I have to write him. So, he was good. He was good. He have laughed you about ever
0: it. let someone go?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. A lot. We, we have the discretion to warn. So that's why if you ever get pulled over when you're driving, if you smile and you're really nice and you say, hey, I didn't realize I was speeding, there's discretion. The officer can say, okay, I'm going to give you a warning this time. Mm-hmm. And kidding. then when you're in patrol, after you get out of patrol, there's so many options on the police department that you can do so many different things. So that's when you start to see, hey, where do I want to go? What do I want to do?
0: Were there w- more women working now versus when you just started?
1: Yes. I when I came on, it was back in 1983, Haya. There were only about 6% women on the department. So not very many of us. And at that time, there were probably 9,000 officers. So 6% is about, what, 500 females out of 9,000. Today, wow. they're up to 20% women. They're a little over 11,000, almost 11,000 on sworn officers, and 20% of those are women. So it's better. I think they still have a ways to go, but the goal was 20%, and they're, it's better.
0: Why do you think more people have joined?
1: Well, I think that the department has done a good, good uh, job of reaching out to get women to join. And I think that they found that women are better at communicating with people, whether it's a suspect, whether it's uh, kids, whether it's a domestic dispute, uh, we're just better at diffusing. They call it diffusing the situation where men come off real strong and, you know, they can be kind of macho, some, most, and women don't really have that. So we, so they reached out and got women to come on and um, it's it's a great career and it's a great job. And you get trained so well that the fear, I mean, there's always fear. It's a dangerous job, mm-hmm. obviously more dangerous today than it used to be, but um, it is a great career.
0: Yeah, that was also one of my questions. It, you obviously have to be really brave to have this job, but was there ever a time where you were scared?
1: Oh, there were probably a lot of times. Um, but you have to kind of put that aside because you only have an instant to react to certain things. But um, I never had to shoot my gun, but I came close, and um, that's scary because you just don't want to ever have to take someone's life or shoot your gun. But uh, there was a shooting in front of me where a, a, a man killed a young man, and we were able to get him to drop his gun before we had to shoot. So he put, he dropped the gun before before we had to shoot him. Was, so
0: Was there a reason why he shot him? Like, what was the... Um, an argument? It what? was an
1: argument. Yeah, it was a really silly thing. But the guy had already been to prison, so he didn't care. He was going back. And he had a gun. It was a little sawed-off shotgun. And this young man made him angry. It was a, a, a business dispute. And um, he just shot him point blank right in the head. It was very scary. It, it's And that was when I was young on the job. So you you do 28 years, you see a lot. I mean, we, I saw a lot and you get, you don't get used to it never, but you get a little bit more hardened to it where it's not as um, fearful, but it's a scary job, but you, it just, there's so much fun to it too. You do so many good things where you meet people, you go to schools, you talk to kids. Uh, it's just, there's so many opportunities.
0: Yeah. like One of my worst fears, if I had the job, I mean, there are a bunch of things that would be scary to me, but when you're actually arresting them, you have to put them like in the back of your car. Are there like bars? Like, how does that look like? And I also heard the seats are really uncomfortable.
1: I know that's true. I <laughs> will get you in a car one day and you can see <laughs> they, um, well, they made it more comfortable. We don't want them comfortable back there. Yeah. Um, it's not only getting them in the car, it's making the arrest that you're right. I mean, that's the hard part sometimes, especially as a woman you know, I'm not big, I'm not tall, I'm not large, um, getting them to what we call comply. So I have a man that's six feet four or six foot two, and he's drunk or he's, um, doesn't want to go in, into our custody. Um, we have options. We have things that we can do to get them to comply. We try and talk to him first and say, Hey, uh, we're going to take you to jail. Put your hands behind your back. And then we go from, we call it escalate. It'll escalate. And if he doesn't want to, then we have the pepper spray. We have the non-lethal, the non-deadly options. So you you try and talk them into complying, turn around, put your hands behind your back. I'm going to handcuff you. Um, but they, you know, some of them get very angry.
0: What is the order? So first you're able to pepper spray them. And yeah. then if they don't care to that.
1: Yeah, well, there's lots of there's lots of options. You have a baton you can use. What is that? Um, you know the stick that kind of goes that baton stick. We have we have one here. Um, then there's pepper spray, and they've got a lot more since I've left the department. And it goes all the way up to a taser. A taser is an electrical shot. Um, so they've given them a lot of options, us a lot of options, the police departments today, so that you don't have to shoot, and you would never shoot somebody for not complying. You never do that. You never use your gun to get them. You might have to wrestle them. We try not to interact too much Mm -hmm. um, because there's a fear that they could take your gun. And uh, so we try and do the best we can. But it is, it's scary.
0: That guy that you arrested, that story you were just telling me, was he, did he come, comply. Is That the word comply. It is
1: comply. Yes, he did. I'll tell you a, a, an inch a funny story of a time when a person didn't, and it was I had a female partner, and we I was the training officer now, and she's new, so I'm training her, and we get a call for a a woman causing a disturbance at a El Poyo Loco, so you don't know what it is what what she causing disturbance. Just says causing a disturbance. Go see, go see the manager of the El Poyo Loco. So we go there, and this lady's sitting in a booth. And she, Hiya, she's so big. She's like six foot five. And I just look at her and go, oh my gosh. And she's got these really big feet and no shoes on and really big hands. And she just looked at us and I'm like, oh my gosh. And they said, she won't leave. She's been here for hours and she won't leave. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So here's me and my partner. We're not that big. And I go over there and there's a saying we have that we're going to ask you to do something. We're going to tell you to do it. And then we're going to make you do it. So that was our philosophy. Let's try this. Let's ask her really nicely. And if
0: she doesn't listen to that, then you go to the next and The next
1: the next option is I'm going to tell you. So ma'am, you know, we really need you to get up and leave. The business wants you to leave. No response. Looked at me like I was crazy. Did she tell okay.
0: you why she was staying there?
1: She had no response. And um, I don't know if she was on drugs. Couldn't quite tell. But she was big. And so I said, all right, we're going to go to the next level. We're I'm going to make you leave. I'm going to tell you, you know, I told, no, and then I'm going to make you. Anyway, it ended up, she got up, but when she got up, she wasn't leaving. She came right at us and it was Um. a big fight. It was a big fight. And, and my partner and I are fighting at all the tables and she's got a hole in my hair at the time. And it was, we got her into custody and we handcuffed her, but it was, it was really scary. But, and that El Poyo thing, I broke my hand in that fight trying to hit her to get her to let go of my hair and my head and my partner was calling for help. It was very scary. That was only one incident of many.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love hearing these stories. They're really interesting. Especially now there's been a lot of, um, like hatred towards the police officers and police forces. Where do you think that all started?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I wish I knew, um, Oh, it, I tell you right now, this day and age high, it is very difficult to be a police officer. I don't know that I would encourage somebody right now to come on and do it. I don't know that I would say it was a great job at that time, but it's gotten so dangerous and so much hatred and disrespect and people don't care that you're the police anymore. And it's very hard. Um, we have the cameras they all wear now, which
0: you helps. You didn't have those
1: when no, you No, were- we didn't have cameras. I wish we did because really you're able to be able to see from our point of view that what's going on. Um, but, but people outside have cameras. So they're taking pictures. We never had those where everyone's got their phone. They're taking a picture of you. Every time you move, everything you say, everywhere you look, it's very difficult. And then you get people that just uh, feel like the attitude toward police right now. I can do what I want. You've seen them. Yeah. You know, right now we have the protests that are okay. You know, amendment, you have your first amendment, you can you can go out and speak and, and protest, but they become violent. And those aren't protests anymore. And when they become violent and they start breaking windows and looting and taking stuff, and stealing, you've seen it probably on TV, uh, we can't allow that. Uh, but the difficult part is we don't have enough police to go from there to everywhere. What's What was going on at the time in the city? It's gotten better. It's calmed down. But... Um, it's, it's very difficult this today to be a police officer.
0: I feel like if there wasn't as much social media, it wouldn't cause as much of this because when everyone's taking videos and they post it on here and then this person sees it and then it causes it just gets bigger and bigger. And also, sometimes they take like certain clips of the video when you don't know the full story, exactly. and they take, and then they're like, "Okay, well, this some did they, they did this wrong, so now we have to get upset when exactly. they don't know what happened. They That's don't know the exactly, full
1: story. Exactly what's and happening? That- yes, and the media they're responsible for some of that too, not just the people doing it on their own with social media. The news media does that. They take what they want, they make a story, and they don't give you the full story. Because
0: they just want people to be interested in yeah, it. Exactly. They don't want to show you the full thing.
1: What sells yeah. newspapers and what how do people why do people watch TV? You you watch those pursuits. They want to see we want all wanna see what the pursuit is, right? That's that's ratings for them. Mm-hmm. So but social media, you're so right, it has caused a whole different dynamic in police work. A whole different dynamic.
0: I had the word donuts on my notes. I'm like, donuts. And then I remembered the question. My friend wanted me to ask you this. Why do police love donuts so
1: much? (laughs) That's a good question. And I love donuts. (laughs) And here's the reason why. And I think this is where it started. It started for me. I mean, I had donuts when I was growing up your age. We had them in the house, but it wasn't a thing. But when you become a police officer and you have to work that all night shift and you start at 11 o'clock at night and you work till seven in the morning. You have to stay awake. So you go get coffee. Well, at that time, mostly the only place open was a donut shop. And that's why you'd see cop cars all the time at the donut shop. They think we're just eating donuts I and having that a good was time. Just in the
0: movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we go there because we get coffee and we're able to, that helps us stay awake sometimes. So, oh, uh, we ate donuts. Yeah. Donuts. Yeah. And I and gained weight too. <laughs> My uniform gets really tight. You have to wear this belt, you know, and it, it can get really tight. So you really have to pay attention to.
0: What are the different objects that you have on that belt?
1: You know, there's a lot. You, obviously, your gun and the extra ammunition. And then you have handcuffs. And sometimes we carry two sets of handcuffs in case you needed two sets. Then you have your pepper spray. And then you have a taser. You have your baton. That thing weighs probably 12 pounds or more. Uh, And it's hard. It's hard to sit in that all day and wear it all day and night and then eating donuts doesn't help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have one of those um, police dogs? I'm not sure. What are they called?
1: They're called canine dogs. Canines.
0: Yeah, that was the word. Did you have one? I
1: didn't, uh, but they're great dogs and they are a great asset, a great tool for us to use when you're in the field. So if you're in the field and you're chasing a bad guy and he starts running, you don't really want to chase him because he can go around the corner and have a gun. So you... Concord in the area off, and you call in the dog. So the officer comes with the canine, and they're assigned that's their dog, and they take the dog home, and they obviously bond with the dog.
0: Oh, they take it home with them? Take it home. Oh, I that's, didn't know that. Yeah, that's
1: their pet. They they that's They're so together, good. and they get called out any hour of the night. So they'll come out, and they'll start. And the, if you're in uniform, I would go with them. So I'm the one who saw the suspect. So I go with them, and the dog's going, and the dog will sniff. And find them hiding under a trash can, or hiding behind a house, or underneath a house, mm-hmm. and it's pretty fun. They comply when they see the dog, most <laughs> of the time.
0: Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> So the dog um, will bite them. Um, I mean, sometimes, oh, they, they, yeah, they're trained to bite, but.
0: Oh, that was know. my question before. Like, I don't know if you would know, but how does the training like for the dogs? Like, how what do they train them to do? different than regular
1: trained dogs. Oh, they go through extensive training. In fact, I think, I believe the training is in Texas where the best trainers are for canine units. Um, and all the dogs are pretty much trained the same. They wear these big, um, the things you you get inside, I can't think of the name of it, but, um, where you, you would have the big arms, the pads, and they train the dog to attack. So, so you're in it. The officer that's, that's going to be his partner is in that big, you know, kind of, I saw, you know what I I'm talking YouTube. about? Yeah, I saw that before. Yeah. So really and cool. you can see that on YouTube and it's fun, but the dogs, they're trained extensively on sniffing and, and obedience and when to stop and, and when to go. And it's, it's a long training, but they bond with those dogs and that becomes their, their own dog. And they have a car, you know, special, It'll say canine on the side of it. And the officer, and the dog will be in the back.
0: Yeah, it's really cool how they thought of having a dog. Like, I wonder where that started from. You
1: know, I think I- what came after, they had dogs and they have horses and they yeah, have helicopters. Horses. They have horse unit. You can ride a horse.
0: Oh, they um, don't use the horse as the same thing they use the dog Not horse. the
1: same thing as a dog, but they use it more for crowd control. So if you have a big crowd, the horse comes and people won't, you know, they'll get, they can move the crowd with the horse. But what they got recently, and it's probably in the last 15 years, is bloodhounds. And bloodhounds are trained differently. Those are trained to go after blood, obviously. If you have a, a murder or you have a, a rape or you have a, a woman that was kidnapped, they can sniff and they can, they can do a little bit more than the dog that's trained for the field. So bloodhounds are another key. I think the LAPD only has a couple right now.
0: A bloodhound.
1: A bloodhounds, But we have a big dog unit big canine unit because all over the city, I mean, the city is big, you know? Um, so they need dogs to respond to every area, the Valley or down the, the other part at Los Angeles. It's, it's a lot.
0: Yeah. What was the most common call that you guys would get?
1: I think you get a lot of disputes, neighbor dispute, you know, people fighting over loud noise. You get family disputes, you get husbands and wives having arguments. Um, so probably that, but we, we had it all. You have shootings in progress. You have robberies. You have people stealing from a Seven Eleven. 11 As you know, people call the police. You know the 911 calls. Yeah. Do you know how many calls do you think we get a year for Los Angeles Police Department?
0: A year?
1: Well, how many calls do you think we get for service a year?
0: Um, I'm so bad with numbers. Well, I am too. Um, it's a lot. 200,000 300,000
1: good guess it's we get over 3 million calls and out of oh those 3 million 1.9 million are 911 meaning emergency not just calling the police to say hey i have a problem that uh, you know emergency is where we send send you right away so there's calls where like a theft if you someone stole hey re- respond to the go to the 711 You have two kids sitting there they caught for stealing. That's not a 911 call. That's just a regular radio call. Mm -hmm. So a 911 call is when someone calls says, someone's trying to break into my house. That's 911. That's an emergency. That's where we go lights and siren to the call.
0: The people that answer the phone calls, are they police officers?
1: They used to be, but now they're civilians. And that's a great job and a hard job, too. But they do a fabulous job. They're called uh, police service representatives or radio operators, and they get they go go through extensive training.
0: And they need to radio the police once. Yeah, what calls.
1: they do is they they have computers. It's a fascinating. If you ever get a chance, you can go see it. The communications center they have these two big computer screens they work off of, and they they distribute the call. They get the call, you know, within their ear. They get the phone call, and then they use the computer to, to, to notify the officers. And most of the calls, a lot of them will go to the fire department because they're medical. You know, when you call 911, you don't know if it's going to police or fire. Most of the time it's police. We have to transfer it to the fire.
0: Oh, so there's no separate number for the fire Mm -mm. station.
1: No. So the fire department has their own police operators that respond to these calls that, that will, so we'll transfer it. And if you called and you said, uh, someone's having a heart attack. We transfer it to the fire. We tell you to stay on the line. I'm transferring it to the fire department. The fire department will answer and say, ma'am, this is the fire department. Let me help you. And they'll walk you through whatever it is medically. Because you know a lot of calls are, are medical.
0: Do you have to go with the firefighters?
1: Uh, we will respond. Yes. Uh-huh. You will go with? Yeah. Not to every, not to every. Mostly if there's a police kind of correspondence. Not to someone having a heart attack. We transfer that unless there's uh, a shooting or there's blood or there's a stabbing where we both have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Then we we obviously go with them.
0: So you don't always go with each other. No.
1: Mm-mm. You guys
0: are basically separate. A little birdie told me that you aren't the slowest driver and that you drive a <laughs> little <laughs> bit fast. Have you ever gotten pulled over?
1: That's uh that little birdie has to be my husband who I met on the job, who was also a <laughs> police officer, who drives really slow. Um, Yes, I do (laughs) tend to drive a little bit fast, and I have gotten pulled over a lot. Um, And do
0: you use, do you say like, I was at
1: police? Well, you do. You know what they call it? They call it professional courtesy. It's just that we're all in the same profession, and they understand that you drove a police car for so many years, and that you're used to speeding, and you're used to, you know, we're trained professionally to drive, so we know what we're doing. But certainly as retired, I should be driving a little slower. But um, most of the time you get out, I got a ticket, though. You I, have? I did. I got a ticket. <gasps> the CHP.
0: But were there times where you told them you were a cop and they let you go?
1: Absolutely. Yes. They're very nice and they're very um, understanding. And I apologize all the time. I would never argue or say, I, oh, I did with the CHP. Maybe that's why I got a ticket because I wasn't speeding. And <laughs> I went to court and fought it. Really? <laughs> yes, I did.
0: So what would you give <laughs> to somebody who's not a cop and they got pulled over? What's the best way to not talk it out, but like just to kind of.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I see what you're saying and you're yeah. asking. I think the best way, first of all, is to be polite and com- and comply and not have an attitude and understand that they're just doing their job and they, they saw you and they maybe had a radar where they knew you were speeding or they saw you go through the red light. So I think the more understanding you can be and more polite, um, it's easier for that officer to, to be able to communicate and maybe give you a warning. Mm-hmm. But with us, you know, it, they, I say, hey, I, I was an officer for 28 years. Sometimes they'll see my ID, my police ID, and it says captain. And if they don't like the captain at their station, they get a little attitude. <laughs> oh, you were a captain? <laughs> oh, I don't like my captain. Well, I was different. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. They're very nice. They're very nice. And it's a hard job because, as you know, when you pull people over, you don't know what you're getting. Even women, men, you just don't know the danger. That's one of the most dangerous parts of the job is pulling a random car over and having to approach it, even to write a ticket. So they're very cautious and they're very aware of that this day and age, even worse. So you really want to do what they say and not move or not get out of the car and just but
0: the good part of it, like if you do get pulled over, I mean, I haven't got pulled over yet, <laughs> but they're really nice about it. Like they're not mean when they pull you over. No. Like, what I've seen. Yeah, they're really nice. And they also like they can relate to you. Being a captain, what kind of responsibilities do you have?
1: Well, as a captain, you're responsible for everything in the station. So you know when you go to the police station, there's probably 300 minimum officers that work there and, and civilian workers, you're responsible for the whole station. And part of that is making sure the officers do what they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we even do inspections. You, I'll tell you a funny story. We have to wear bulletproof vest. So when I was getting ready to leave the department, I was getting ready to retire, I thought, oh, I'll do an inspection and make sure they're all wearing their vest. So you line them up, And the captain doesn't usually do an inspection. So it's big. They're a little nervous. So what I do is I go by and just tap them on the chest to make sure they're wearing their vest. And when I did it to one guy, he goes, ow. And and I'm like, what is that about? Like, I just tapped you. He goes, I'm wearing nipple earrings. (laughs) And I said to myself, all right, the department has changed.
0: Do they let that?
1: They, They let it. If it doesn't show. And it doesn't affect his or her ability what they're wearing or earrings or no earrings for women, but they they do let it. Um, I
0: remember you telling me you had to polish your shoes, yes. and you would just spray it.
1: I did. <laughs> that was in the academy. <laughs> I learned to, I learned to polish them when I got caught spraying them. You could buy a spray for your shoes, so I didn't know how to sh- shine them like they wanted. So I sprayed them, but they <laughs> caught on to that right away. <laughs> And I got in trouble.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharon.
1: You are so welcome, Chaya. And and to end this, first of all, it's a great career. Law enforcement is a very rewarding career. I think LAPD is one of the finest departments in the world. I was proud to be a part of it. Uh, my brothers, my husband, my stepson, everybody, we love it. And um, so it's. I hope that people understand it's a hard job and and understand that it's We're doing the best we can out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sharon, for taking the time to speak to me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Feel free to reach out to me, friendsandfreckles, at gmail.com, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.